Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Study, Apply, Thrive podcast. I am Vita Cash, your host. I am the co-pastor and first lady of Flow Church, and I'm excited to share this time with you in the Word of God. If you've never been with us before, welcome to Study, Apply, Thrive. We call this podcast Study, Apply, Thrive because we know that when we study and apply the Word of God, we will thrive in every area of life. So grab your Bible, your journal, a beautiful pen, your favorite cup of tea, and let's get ready to dive into the Word of God. Happy New Year! Happy, happy New Year! I hope that you had an amazing holiday season. I hope you had a wonderful New Year's Eve. If you were a part of our New Year's Eve service, it was fantastic. The word was amazing. The comedy was amazing. The singing was amazing. Everything was wonderful because our God is so good. I hope that you got some rest during the holiday season and that you're refreshed and ready to start a new uh, 365 days minus a couple of days because it's January 5th. Uh, so 360 days of wonderful time of God, of you growing, of you flourishing, of you thriving in every area of life. As you begin your January, if you're like most women, especially women of faith, we start the year being very reflective. We start the year usually with fasting or with praying or with, um, if you're part of Flow Church, we're doing 31 days of wisdom and we're reading the book of Proverbs together as a community. And you do a lot of goal setting. You do uh, vision boards and we usually have a vision board party at Flow Church, but we're not doing it this year, at least not right now. And you just kind of set your pace, you set your goals, you set your focus for the year. So as you are doing that process of setting your focus for the year, I want you to pull out your goals list because you should have written goals. Even if you haven't done new goals for 2021, you should always have written goals because the Bible tells us to write the vision and make it plain so that when someone reads it, they can run with the vision. And that includes you reading your own vision. If you read your vision every day and what your goals are, it'll help keep you focused. It'll help keep you disciplined. It will help you with time management. It will help you with people management. And we could do a whole podcast alone on people management, but it will help you with all those things when you are able to do that. And it's not selfish to do that. It's you making a commitment to you and God that, God, I'm going to do whatever you've told me to do. And I'm going to narrow my focus to the assignment that you have for me. When Jesus was walking the earth for his public ministry, there were a couple opportunities where people came to him and said, Lord or rabbi or master, can you do this particular thing for me. And Jesus said something very bold. He would say, I didn't come for you because he knew exactly what his assignment was. And this is not what I had intended on teaching, but I'm gonna keep going with it because I think somebody needs to hear this, that Jesus told people, no, that even though he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and all power is in his hand. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he went into the cities healing every sickness and every disease that he <clears throat> has all power in his hand and he's sitting at the right hand of the father and he has the power and the ability to do anything that we ask him in faith. He was so focused on his assignment that he was willing and not just willing, he executed the ability to tell some people no, to say that he wasn't going to certain towns, to leave certain towns when they did not receive him well, because he had an understanding that he only came to do what God told him to do. And there were a lot of other wonderful things that he could have been doing. He could have been starting choirs. He could have been doing 
community outreach. He could have been doing all these writing books. He could have been doing all those things, but that's not what the father told him to do. And so he was very focused. And in that three and a half years of public ministry, he was able to transform the world because his legacy of his earthly ministry is still carrying out today because he was so focused. And if you've been following us on Sundays, you know that Pastor Russ was teaching about legacy And we want you to have an enduring legacy that just follows you for years and years. And one of the ways you're going to accomplish that is to have written goals, to have written benchmarks, to know exactly how you're going to get something accomplished, having a timeline of about when you're going to accomplish it, knowing who you need to connect with to accomplish those goals, what resources you need and all those other things. And so having something written that you look at every day, is a very important piece to that. Can you accomplish goals without writing them down? Yes. Um, Will you accomplish goals without writing them down? Probably not. You can do it, but the Bible principle is there that writing things down, writing them physically on paper or electronically on your electronic devices, keeping up with time, but more importantly, engraving them on your heart. And every time you open up those goals and read them every day, you're just cementing it even more on your heart that this is what I'm supposed to be doing at this time and at this season. So if you don't have written goals, your homework is to do that as soon as this podcast is over, find a quiet place, Get your beautiful, get your beautiful journal, your beautiful pen, a cup of tea, um, your Bible, and sit down with Holy Spirit and figure out what you need to be doing for this year. That's something that you and God need to determine together. And after you've done that, or if you've already done that, I want you to put something at the very top of your list. If you're not already saved, that's at the top of your list to deepen to initiate and deepen my relationship with the Lord. That has to be number one. And then number two. I want you to make your emotional and mental health a priority. Yes, I want you to make you a priority. And it's going to require you to say no to some stuff. It's going to require you to say yes to some other things. It's going to require you to say no to certain people and certain activities. But the more uh, the more stability you have with your emotions and with your mental capacity, the more effective you will be at everything else God called you to do. You'll be a better mom. You'll be a better wife. You'll be a better business owner. You'll be able to do better philanthropic work. You'll be a better community service person. You'll be a better praise and worship leader. You'll be a better songwriter. You'll be a better choir member. You'll be a better greeter and usher. You'll be a better writer. You'll be a better worker or a leader at whatever your career is. You'll be a better attorney, a better doctor, a better accountant, a better clerk, a better cashier, a better mechanic, a better plumber, whatever it is that God has given you to do, you'll be better when you are mentally and emotionally prepared to see the challenge of your goal. When you're mentally and emotionally prepared to do the work of your goal. And so I want you to make you a priority. Your emotional well-being has to be a priority for you this year because I'm positive that I'm not the only one. I'm going to put myself out there, but I'm positive I'm not the only one. By the end of 2020, I was emotionally exhausted. (laughs) I was so tired of just, and I was trying to figure out why am I physically tired? I don't, I mean, I'm not exerting that much energy for me to be 
physically tired like this. My schedule hasn't changed. I still get up at 5.30 or 5.45 every morning. I'm in morning prayer at six o'clock, but that's a norm for me. That's not some supernatural power. That's a norm for me and all the intercessors at Flow Church and all the many people who join our morning prayer. I'm not looking for any brownie points there. I'm just saying that my schedule had not changed, but I was just becoming so tired. I was eating well. I was still doing my normal uh, workout routine. If you know me, it's no, you know it's not that rigorous. It is not that serious. My workout routine is until my hair starts sweating and then I got to stop. Y'all pray for me. I need to change that. But my hair, for some people, the workout ends when you get exhausted. The workout ends when you get to a certain time or a certain heart rate or you burn a certain number of calories. For me, with this natural hair is when my hair starts to feel wet. That's when it's time to stop. Y'all pray for me, but this is an honest place, an honest and safe place to share. But I realized that one of the reasons why I was so tired is because emotionally and mentally, I had ingested so much and it was beginning to affect me physically. And if you didn't know this, your emotional and mental state has the ability to impact your physical health. There are some illnesses, there are some sicknesses and diseases that we carry in our body simply because those negative emotions create a negative energy on the inside of us and they don't allow our bodies to function well. And here's a simple example because you might be scratching your head saying, mm, Pastor Vita, that's interesting. Here's a simple example that everybody on this pod, listening to this podcast can understand. When you are stressed, sometimes you overeat. When you are stressed, sometimes you undereat. The over or under eating affects your nutrition. Your nutrition affects your skin. It affects your hair. It affects your nails. It affects your ability to focus. It affects your ability to sleep. And so when you have a lot going on mentally, you'll notice that your appetite gets different. You'll notice that your sleep pattern gets different. You'll notice that maybe your energy level, like what I'm talking about, gets different. You'll notice that your hair, you can't seem to get a good hair day going. Um, your skin seems like it's too dry or it's too oily. You might get breakouts. Um, you don't have the full energy that you usually have to run the three miles you usually do three times a week or whatever it is, simply because you're stressed. And that's something that, all of you have experienced before or you know someone who has. When you're worried, when you are mentally rethinking and thinking about what possible calamity will happen, because worry is just simply thinking about what could possibly happen. It's not knowing that anything's going to happen. It's thinking about all the possible scenarios. And you usually when worry, you gravitate to the negative scenarios of what will happen. A lot of times you're unable to sleep. There are hormones that God has given us in our body that begin to slow our bodies down so that we can sleep and get proper rest. And when we're worried, our bodies don't function properly and don't allow us to sleep. Or we sleep very lightly and any noise or any movement in the room will wake us up or any light, somebody turn on the light and it'll instantly wake you up when you're in a state of worry. And those are just simple examples that many people have experienced or you know someone who has experienced that, but it goes deeper than that. There are other diseases and other illnesses that come on us and that, that will live in our bodies simply because our emotional and mental state isn't well. So you owe it not just to you to deal with your emotions and to make your emotional health a priority this year. You owe it to everyone who loves you, people who don't want to see you ill, people who don't want to see you stressed, people who definitely don't want to deal with you 
cranky because you're hungry and tired. Please give us a break (laughs) and go take care of your emotional and mental state. So I want to read Proverbs to you and I'm reading out of the message. No, no, I'm not. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation today. And I want to read Proverbs 4 in the Passion Translation and in the new, in the King James and New King James and in the English Standard Version and many other common and popular translations, it says, guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And you're probably familiar with that. But here in Proverbs 4 verse 20 in the Passion Translation, let me get there. I've got a paper Bible in front of me, an electronic Bible. It says, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Verse 23 says, above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your inner being, for from there flows a wellspring of life. And so such a powerful passage, and this is wisdom talking. And if you don't know about the book of Proverbs, it's the legacy of King Solomon. And he's sharing and he's writing um, to his children and then to those that he mentors all of the wisdom that God has given him. And you know, if you're familiar with King Solomon's story, when he was called to lead the people, God asked him, Solomon, ask me for anything that you want. And Solomon didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for popularity. He didn't ask for um, a huge staff. He didn't ask for concubines. He asked for wisdom. He said, God, just give me wisdom to do what I need to do. And his request of wisdom, because he, Solomon, had a desire to be a good leader to God's people. The care and the concern that Solomon had for God's people touched God's heart so much that God made Solomon a promise that he would be the wisest person and the richest person that would ever live on the earth. And so here is Solomon leaving a part of his legacy with us, King Solomon leaving a part of his legacy with us and sharing with us wisdom. And you'll see at the beginning of many chapters, it says, my son, listen to this. My daughters, listen to this. Heed to wisdom. And he talks about wisdom as if it is a living entity, not that it's just something that you can kind of ignore, but that this wisdom is a living life-giving entity that has the ability to impact every part of your being. So here in Proverbs chapter four, it is so powerful. He's saying, listen carefully, my dear children, to everything I teach you. And so he's just giving us some, he's like, look, pay attention, put your phone down, put, turn the TV on mute for a second. Look at me, give me your full attention. If you were a teacher, I used to be a school teacher, a public school teacher, you would say, everybody heads forward, all eyes on me. I need everybody's eyes on me. That's basically what Solomon is saying. And then he drops down to verse 23 and he says, above all, so above everything that I'm telling you in this passage, above all, I want you to guard the affections of your heart. He wants you to take care of your heart and your heart is where your emotions live. It's where your emotions are. It's also um, includes your thoughts, your discernment and the affections or the love that you have for other things. Like you're affectionate with your husband, you're affectionate with your children. You might be affectionate with apple pie, you know, praise the Lord, keep it moving, you know, but he's saying God, you're in your heart is where your affections live, 
your ability to discern things, your thoughts and your emotions. And so he's saying to, to us to above all things, I want you to protect your heart. I want you to guard your heart um, for they affect all. All that you are, it says that your heart, your emotions, your discernment, your thoughts, what you're affecting towards, it affects all that you are. So if you're a mom, it affects you being a mom. If you're a clerk, it affects you being a clerk. If you're a bus driver, it affects you being a bus driver. If you're an attorney, it affects you being an attorney. If you're a a philanthropist, it affects you being a philanthropist. Everything that you are. And so you might think that you can kind of categorize your emotions and put them in a box and you can suppress them when you want to and then let them out when you want to and you know how to do that. You're deceiving yourself because the Bible is our monitor for truth. And the truth of the word says that your emotions affect everything that you are. And so you have to take care of them and you have to guard them with everything in you. And then he says something so good. He says, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost thing, innermost beings for from there flows a wellspring of life. He says for you to pay attention, not that Holy Spirit's going to come and say, you know, she gets on your nerves. Not Holy Spirit's going to come and say, you know, you get mad every time you see that. He says for you to have such a priority for the ministry and the assignment that God has on your life, that he wants you to pay attention to everything that gets on your nerves. Selah. He wants you to pay attention to everything that makes you sad, everything that makes you anxious, everything that makes you joyful, everything that makes you happy, everything that makes you uh, exuberant, everything that makes you depressed, everything that makes you feel fed up. He said, I want you to have a little journal, a little one that I'm, I'm adding to this, of course, a little inexpensive journal that you picked up for two or three dollars. Keep it in your purse, keep it in your handbag, keep it in your tote bag. And whenever something makes you feel anything, he wants you to take notice. Pay attention because you need to know how to deal with the things that are dealing with you. You have to learn how to... uh properly assess the things that are impacting who you are because out of those things is going to come and flow a wellspring a wellspring of life and so the quality of life that you're looking for is directly connected to how well you pay attention to what is affecting you and how well you take note of it so that you can know how to move things around in your life you can know how to reposition people reposition assignments reposition things that you volunteer for reposition your money reposition purposes um and and purchases and something simple reposition tv shows reposition what you listen to as far as your music is concerned you have to be able to pay attention to how those things function so note make a note of proverbs 27 and 7 i'm gonna read it to you because it's another powerful verse we're gonna stay in proverbs 4 but i just want to make a reference to proverbs 27 just because it's somebody on here thinking that she ain't talking about me because you know i have my emotions in check and nothing bothers me and i'm okay and whatever okay keep telling yourself that okay <laughs> verse 7 of proverbs 27 says When your soul is full, you turn down even the sweetest honey. But when your soul is starving, 
starving, every bitter thing becomes sweet. Why am I pointing that out? Because your soul has a capacity. This verse is telling us that your soul has a capacity. When your soul is full, be it full of the goodness of God or full of a whole bunch of foolishness, you can't take anything else in. But when your soul is empty, you grasp at anything that comes your way. And so the reason I'm pointing that out is because you have a certain capacity for what you can handle emotionally. You have a certain capacity for what you can handle mentally. Everybody's capacity is different. So when you think that you can just sit in the midst of foolishness day after day after day after day after day, listening to foolishness, reading foolishness, talking foolishness, uh, contributing to foolishness. If you feel like you can do that all the time, you're deceiving yourself and your your soul is now full of foolishness and there's no room for the peace of God. There's no room for the joy of God. And so you have to unload all of that stuff so that you can begin to fill up on the goodness of God so that everything, if you fill up on the goodness of God, then all of the bitter things, you'll be able to turn those things away. And so don't deceive yourself into thinking that you have the ability to just sit back and just deal with everything. You have to be like Jesus and be willing to say no to some things just for your own peace of mind, for your own emotional wellness, for your own mental wellness. And let me give you some examples because I I don't want you to think, well, Pastor Vita, I'm not sitting around looking at such and such TV show all the time. I'm, you know, I'm just looking at the news. Well, you might have a capacity to how much you can hear about politics. The, I mean, you, you literally might be at your capacity. Like you probably don't need to look at C-SPAN another hour. You don't need to look at a, a full hearing and read the transcript in its entirety. You might be full on that. You, you might be at your capacity. You might be at your capacity for reading the CDC reports about the deaths of COVID-19. You may have reached your capacity there. You might need to just turn away and say, you know what, God, protect our country, protect my family, protect my community, protect me, give me wisdom on how to move and operate during this pandemic. And you might need to leave it at that. You know, and this is, you might need to not watch another romance on TV and you single and you want a man. You might not be able to take one more romance novel. You might not be able to take one more love scene before it pushes you over the edge to fornication. You might not be able to do that. You just might, you might not be able to watch another cooking show. You've been trying to lose weight for the last 10 years and then you watch Food Network all day long and wonder why you can't get your appetite. And I'm laughing because (laughs) it was me. Last year, I had to say, you know what? I watch way too much food TV because I need to get my eating under control. And I mean, something so simple. It's funny to me, but you know, you sitting around watching them bake cakes, watching them bake pies, watching them make succulent chicken stuffed with cheese and asparagus and topped with bacon and cream sauce. Like, oh, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try that. Oh, they have something like that at such such restaurant. Oh, I'm gonna go get that and wonder why you can't lose weight. You might be at your capacity for that. Solomon said, pay attention to how things are affecting you. Pay attention to what your heart, how your heart is being impacted with something. Pay attention to what you're constantly longing for. And then ask yourself, why am I longing for that? Am I constantly logging, um, logging for chocolate cake because I watch cooking shows all day that have to do with chocolate? Maybe if I remove that, <laughs> maybe I'm full of that and I need to move on from that. So you you have to be willing to in just to take inventory and to pay attention to how things are affecting you. And 
net point number two. I don't really know what number we on. Y'all know how I am. Welcome to the podcast. If you don't know, it might be point number two, it might be point number B. I don't know. <laughs> point letter, <laughs> point B, not number B, letter B. B. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, you have to allow yourself the freedom in order to protect your emotional health to not be somebody's everything. And I know that sounds so great. Oh, when it comes to my children, I'm their everything. When it comes to my husband, I'm their everything. Uh, when it comes to my church, I'm the I'm the everything. Everybody relies on me and you take great joy and great pride in being somebody's everything. You don't have the capacity to be somebody's everything because we were designed for God to be our everything. And when you're trying to be someone else's everything, you're trying to be God in their life. And guess what? You're going to fail them and you're going to fail yourself because when you aren't able to fulfill their needs, when you aren't aren't able to do what they need you to do, it's going to cause you to feel guilty. It's going to cause you to feel shameful. It's going to cause you to be overworked because you're going to try to overcompensate it. It's going to cause you to have regrets. So let go of the idea that you want to be somebody's everyday, everything. I love Pastor Russell with all my heart. You guys know our story. We met when we were 17. We've been best friends since we were 17. We've been married for 26 years. It'll be 27 years in July. We have a beautiful family together. But guess not. Guess what? He is not my everything. And he knows that he is not my everything. My world does not revolve around him and his world does not revolve around me. Both of us have made a commitment that our worlds revolve around God. We definitely don't allow our words to revolve around our children because guess what? They're going to grow up. They're going to move out. They're going to have their own families and their own lives. And we need to be able to still be whole apart from them. So don't put somebody in a position of requiring them to be your everything because that's going to allow you the opportunity to have a broken heart is going to allow you the opportunity to be disappointed. Don't allow anybody to put you into that position. And the other side of that coin is for you to not make anyone your everything. So you're not going to be anyone's everything and you're not going to allow anybody else to be your everything. You can be my this but you can't be my everything. You can be five of the things, but you can't be my everything. You can't be my provider. You can't be my best friend. You can't be my lover and my cook and my my valet and my chauffeur and my comic relief and my this and my that. And you can't be all of it. You can't be all of it. So you have to decide what role people play in your life and make sure that you are not elevating anybody above the role that your heavenly father should be praying, um, p- paying, that you go to your heavenly father for everything first and allow him to direct you to the people that you should be partnering with for specific aspects of your life. And please do not take on the responsibility of being somebody's everything, even to your children. But Pastor Vita, I'm their mom and a mom is supposed to love at all times. Yeah, a mom is supposed to love at all times. But a part of love is telling your children, I have no idea. Let's call aunt so-and-so. Maybe she can help you. Let's call uncle so-and-so. Maybe they, you know what? Let's go talk to a professional because mommy has no idea. I tell my children all the time, I am not that smart. And I am an educated woman. I am a highly educated woman, a highly intelligent woman, woman, but I am not smart enough to have every answer for them. And I have taught them that it's okay, that it's not 
an offense towards me if they ask their aunt or their uncle or their professor or somebody at the church a question. I remember one time my, my baby girl was having a problem at school and she shared it with her children's church uh, leader, whoever was teaching children's church that, that Sunday. And the children's church teacher came and told me, and I said, I'm so glad she told you. And I will let her know that you are a safe person for her to share things with, because I don't want my children to ever feel like that they can only tell me things. Because what happens if I'm in Barbados for a month? What happens if me and Pastor Russell want a 50-day cruise? They can't hold it in until I get back. And I don't want the concept of someone else being a helper to them to be formed. So I'm not pushing them off on everybody. They're my babies. They're ultimately my responsibility. And I want to be a lot of things to them, but I don't want to be their everything. And so it takes a woman of great confidence and a woman of great courage to not feel like you need to be your children's everything or to not feel like you need to be your husband's everything. Or if you're in church leadership, if you're in charge of women's ministry, that women's ministry will not crumble if you decide to go on vacation, that everything can't be held up on your shoulders. It's so much pressure for you to live that way, that everything is held up on your shoulders. Don't do that. So we're going to end here. In Psalms 145, Psalms 147. And again, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. You might be looking at this in another translation, but the Passion, Passion Translation is so good to me. It's um just, I, I just like it. I just really like it. I pray that this is blessing you ladies. I pray that y'all laughing at my sillinesses. I just am who I am. I can't, <laughs> I can't polish it up. I have great etiquette, but when it's time to teach it, it's got to be authentic and be me. Okay, Psalms 147, verse 3 says, He heals the wound of every shattered heart. He sets the stars in place, calling them all by their name. So verse 3 is the verse we want to focus on. It says that he heals the wounds of every shattered heart. If last year was a rough year for you, or if 10 years ago was a rough year for you, and you're still carrying that brokenness, if two years ago was a rough year for you, or a rough season, not even a whole year, anything about your heart that's shattered, we have a promise from God that he heals the shattered heart. Um, in the King James, it says that he heals the brokenhearted, and he and he attends to all of their wounds. So it doesn't matter why you became broken. It doesn't matter who caused you to be broken. It doesn't matter what event happened. God is there to heal your broken heart. And so as we go through this year and you're putting your emotional health at the top of your to-do list, you're putting your emotional health at the top of your goal list to take care of you. I want you to know that if you are brokenhearted, you don't have to pretend like you're not. You don't have to walk around and pretend like that particular event never happened to you that caused that sadness or that brokenness to happen. But I do want you to know, if you don't hear anything else that I said today, that you can take that brokenness to the Father and He will heal your broken heart. And He'll take care of you. He'll nurture you. Holy Spirit will just comfort you and be with you. The ministering angels will take care of you. You will be okay, but you have to be willing to take that broken heart to God. You don't have the capacity to fix it by yourself. 
You can begin the healing process or you can finish the healing process. But unless you have some anointing and some instruction from God, there's still going to be a shattered piece that's missing. If you ever put together a puzzle and you get to the end and you're missing one or two pieces and you're like, I can see what it's supposed to be, but it'd be great if I just had those two or three pieces that were missing. Without the presence and the power of God, you'll always have those missing pieces. But with God's presence and with God's power, he can heal every shattered piece. The little tiny shards that are almost uh, not visible to the naked eye, barely visible to the naked eye. God can see those things and put them in place perfectly as if nothing was ever broken. And so I want you to just spend the rest of this week or uh, spend the rest of today just in the presence of God, just allowing him to minister to your heart. And we know from the book of Psalms, we know from Psalms 100 and Psalms 145 through Psalms 150, that we enter into the presence of God through praise and through worship, that you can begin to worship God right where you are. You can put on your favorite worship song. You can put on a playlist or just begin to lift your hands before God and just begin to worship him. And that takes you right into his presence. And then we know that in his presence, there is fullness of joy, not little pieces or fragments of joy, but fullness of joy lives in his presence. I want you to start there. I want you to start and get an image of what good emotional health looks like for you. Because for some of us, it's been so, and we've been stressed out for so long, we forgot what it looks like to not be stressed. We forgot what it looks like to not be worried. We forgot what it looks like to not have a, a grieving heart or to not have um, pain from someone who hurts our feeling. We have forgotten what it looks like to quote unquote feel normal. So that time that you spend in the presence of God, ask God to give you a reflection of what it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to feel like, what it how you're supposed to operate in good emotional health. What is it like to not be angry? What is it like to not be annoyed? What is it like to not just be ticked off all the time? What is it like to not be sad all the time? What is it like to not be grieving? God, show me what that is like, and then give me the step-by-step details on how to begin to manifest that in my life. God, I need your help. God, show me how to do it. You told me in Psalms 147 that you heal the brokenhearted, that you heal, heal, heal the shattered hearted. So God, heal me. I'm here. Heal me. And then show me how to do uh, Proverbs 4, and how to guard my heart, how to protect my heart, how to pay attention to those things that affect me. And then God, give me the boldness and the courage and the wisdom to recategorize things in my life. If I realize that every time I hear so-and-so's voice, my blood pressure spikes up, God, give me the strength and the courage to distance myself from them. Not to cut them off altogether because I still love them and they still love me and I still want to have influence in their life, but to put them at a far enough distance that they don't make my blood pressure go up. Father, just allow me to have the courage to turn off that TV show that always gives me thoughts that are against you. Father, give me the ability to say, I don't need to listen to another political thing right now. I'm just going to pray that you will take care of things. And as you bring things to me, I'll address them more specifically. Just have the boldness and the courage, woman of God, to take whatever steps you need to take to guard your heart and to pay attention to what's affecting you so that you can have a great year emotionally and a great year mentally. I know you have financial goals. I know you have relationship goals. I know you have business goals. I know you have ministry goals. I know you have all those goals, but I want you to enjoy them to the fullest. And that begins with taking care of yourself emotionally. 
But I hope that the word bless you today. And thank you for giving me a space to just be silly and to laugh, but still give you a good word that will help you thrive. You can study the word and apply the word and help you thrive. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do that today. And it's so simple. All you have to do is make a decision to believe that he's Lord. You don't have to start doing anything and stop doing anything. Not right now. All you have to do right now is decide that I'm going to believe. You just have to make a decision. I am deciding to believe that Jesus is my Lord and Jesus will come in and live in your heart and all of your sins will be forgiven. And if you were to um, make a mistake, your sins will still be forgiven. If you were making another mistake, your sins will still be forgiven because that's the nature of our God. And then as you begin to go through the process of sanctification, God connects you with a church like Flow Church. You can join this church and then he'll begin to unfold the revelation of his word in your life so that you can begin to have a lifestyle that mirrors what you believe. So the first step is believing and then you'll begin to have a lifestyle that reflects what you believe. But if you try to have the lifestyle first without making a decision, you're just in a play. You're, you're just play acting because you have to start there. Um, we invite you to come and worship with us at Flow Church on any Sunday. We have services at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock. We have a rebroadcast at 6.30. We have children's ministry at 11.30 and a rebroadcast of children's ministry at 6 o'clock. The difference between our services and a rebroadcast is that when you come to the 8 and 10 o'clock service, there are hosts online ready to interact with you, to answer your questions, to uh, share scriptures and just interact with you. And it'll be you and many, many other people in the the chat area just enjoying the work together. When you come to a rebroadcast, there are no hosts there. It's simply just the sermon that um, has been taught for that Sunday. It's just re being replayed. There are no hosts there. The word is good all the time. So whether you come to a live service or a rebroadcast, you will be blessed by the word of God. If you want to give, you can give on our website, flow-church.org. You can give um, all the information there about how to give is there. We love you so very much. I personally love you so very much. I am praying for you. I want you to have a fantastic week. And I want you to just put at the top of your list, my emotional and mental health will be great this year. That's a goal at the very top of your list. And as we go through the month of January, I will give you additional information on how to begin to put that plan in place. I talked about earlier about not allowing people to be your everything and not and you not being someone else's everything and having the boldness to put people in a different position in life. We're going to talk about that a little bit more so that you can apply that wisdom. And we're just going to go through it because I want you to leave this year so happy, so full of joy. By the time we get to October for the Breathe Conference, you're like, I could teach this conference because my emotions are intact. That's where I want you. Have a wonderful day. I love you. God bless you. And thank you so much for tuning in to Study, Apply, Thrive.